This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit poddex.com to get your Poddex today. Host of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast, the man behind the mic, KSAT. Yo, good evening, everybody. Good evening. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, I'm glad that you guys are tuning in and you're in for a great show. Um, first off, I want to thank everybody that's been, you know, tuning into the shows. We really appreciate it. And this is going to be another episode of the Simply Ball Dropping Marriage Chronicles. And everybody's been asking about the man behind the mic and his love story on how he met this beautiful young lady over here. Um, You know, she's riding shotgun again, but this time she's not riding shotgun. She is a full participant in this episode of the Simply Ball Dropping Marriage Chronicles. So first of all, everybody knows me. My name is Kareem, um, government name, Kareem Sappington. Um, I'm introducing myself, also known as KSAP, the man behind the mic. And I got my wife beside me, uh, Miss Kanisha Sappington, and I'll let her do her own introduction. Sure. Everybody knows me. I'm um, Kanisha Sappington. yeah, Kanisha Sappington, uh, now known as KSAP Squared by by some people. So since we we both have the same initial, I'm 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 KSAP but squared. And, and there you have it. So um, we've been doing this show for you know pretty much probably about a month now, and we've been getting a lot of reviews, and everybody's been reaching out to me, um, you know, asking, hey, we want to hear your love story. So. Why not give it to you live and indirect here on the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast? But before we get started, we all know it's Valentine's Day. So we're going to give a great toast to start off this Valentine's Day. Cheers to everybody out there and their Valentines. Okay, so without further ado, we're going to get the show started. Um, For people that don't know, you know, I was I was in the military. We're going we're gonna to take a journey. We're going to take it back. So ride with me. We're going to go all the way back into the early 90s when I got out of school, uh, went off into the military, 
served my time in the military and um you know I, I did my time you know I served for the country and um you know as you're young you know you get into the you know go off and do things on your own and you branch out and explore the world and and, and you make a living for yourself so when I went into the military I did my time I had fun um you know things happen as a kid you know you out there you you meet women and you know things just take off and other things come about so for all you guys that don't know when i was in the military um i had a child so you know once i had a child you know perspective on life man you're raising a child and and, and things are starting to look up for you and unfortunately some things happened to me while i was in the military um in 93, July 12th, 1993, unfortunately, um, I was shot, um, taking a buddy of mine home. Um, I got shot in the neck, um, was in the hospital. So that kind of like shortened my military time. And if I wouldn't have got shot, I always tell my wife, I probably would have stayed in the military. But if I didn't get shot, I probably wouldn't have met her. So it's kind of crazy how, you know, things happen and leads up to where we are today. So when I got shot, I was in the hospital. I was on, you know, little limited duty, couldn't do nothing. So that shortened my time in the military. So once I got out of the military, I decided to, you know, go back home. So I go back home, you know, just chilling. And, you know, being away from my daughter, it was like, okay, I can do this. But then, you know, her and her mother, they decided to move down to Maryland and, and spend some time and spend some time with my daughter. Things didn't work out. Um, they went, moved to Texas. So I wasn't doing nothing, just working, you know, jobs. You know, I worked at the Holiday Inn. I worked two jobs. You know, shout out to Megan and Vaughn. When I was working, when I had my daughter, um, they would always come up and babysit, which um, Vaughn is you know, my daughter's godfather. So I just, you know, thought, you know, I wasn't doing nothing, just hanging out, hanging with childhood friends and, you know, things just came about. So, you know, being out there, I was in the world. So I said, man, I'm on my own. You know, I left, left the house, never thought about going back. So when I was at home, I had my own, own, own apartment, you know, and my sister and her husband, they came up there and spent a lot of time. So once my daughter moved to Texas, I said to myself, I was going to go down and visit. So 1998, let's take it to 98. So 1998, you know, I decided to, you know, go to Texas. First time being in Texas, I, you know, watch a lot of football, you know, watch Monday night games and you see the Cowboys on, you see the, you know, the backdrop with the big ball and the buildings lit up. Never knew nothing about it. So I decided to go to Texas to visit my daughter. So when I got down here to Texas in 1998, um, I just thought I was going to visit. And I came down with, um, and if Jason Swan's, you know, listening, he'll, he'll tell you, I came down here with my ditty bag from the military, just a handful of clothes. I probably had about two or three dollars, you know what I'm saying? And I just happened to, you know, venture off down here just to visit. You know what I'm saying? I shout out to my father, you know, um, I gave him a call and, you know, he wired me some money, Western Union, and just to, you know, keep me abreast, you know, for the little short time that I was going to be down here. 
And um, I said, okay. So I got some money from my father to hold me over. But little to be known, I never went back home. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Everybody, my mother and father was calling me. It's like, man, you coming back home? I, I don't know. So at that time, I didn't have nowhere to stay. I was staying at the, um, what was it? I think it was the Motel 6 off of 635 in Josie Lane for all the Dallas people that are tuned in. They know what I'm talking about. I think that Motel 6 is still over there. So once I, you know, got my feet wet, um, my daughter's mother, um, she really helped me out in this time because the apartment complex that I end up staying at, her and her mother stayed at that apartment complex. And um, she had, um, I think she had a connection down in, in the rental office. So when I got down, you know, here, you know, didn't have a place to stay. You know, she helped me out. She went down to the rental office and told them about me. And, you know, I got my first apartment. And the crazy thing about it is she was working at a job, Monotronics International. She had to hook up with the supervisor. Um, she reached out to a supervisor and she got me a job. So I was working the night shift. Um, started um, May 12th of 98. That's when I got my first apartment. And um, June, I got my first job. So now I wasn't going back home then. I said, okay, Texas is where I'm going to be at. You know, I'm out here spending time with my daughter, you know, just chilling, got my own apartment. And it's crazy, the apartment that I stayed in at the time, I think Kanisha was staying in that same apartment complex. We might have crossed paths, but we never saw each other. I stayed on one end. She stayed on the other end. But her friend, you know, was staying right in the building beside me. So I knew about her friend before I knew her. And, you know, we'll get to it about her friend because I knew her friend before I knew her. And I didn't even know they was best friends. So, you know, I get a job. I'm chilling in 98. I'm just chilling, man. I'm new to the city. Met a lot of people, hanging out, going places, going clubs, you know, meeting, you know, meeting females and stuff. Nothing serious, you know, had, you know, a few that I used to talk to that, you know, used to come over sometimes, but nothing serious. So I was like, man, uh, I got to do something better. So, you know, my job at Monitron is working the night shift, man. Met a lot of folks, man. Uh, met a lot of people in the apartment complex that I stayed in. Fair Oaks Crossing. We call it FOC. Um, got a lot of partners, man, that was rocking with me, man. And every time we talk now, we, we refer to each other as FOC. So when we refer to people as FOC, that we know it's from Fair Oaks Crossing. So in 98, you know, Met a good friend of mine, man, Mr. Rod Elder, man. He's, you know, if he's looking in, man, shout out to Rod, man. Rod, that was my ride or die right there, man. Um, we held each other down, man, and he showed me the ropes and everything, man. And when I couldn't get somewhere, you know, at the time I didn't have a car, you know, he was helping me out, man, until I got on my feet to get myself a vehicle and things like that. So it's kind of crazy. So we working, working, I'm working, just trying to figure it out. And then at that time, me and Rod was talking. We was like, man, you know, we stay in the same complex, man. He was about to move. And we decided to, you know, be roommates. So we went across the freeway and got ourselves a townhome. So that leads into 99 is when 
we started after I left Monotronics, man, looking for another job. And we both applied at Comp USA. And we both got the job. So we get to the job, new folks in. And, you know, we just talking. We, we seen the women come in and out, coming in and out. And, you know, we, you know, as men, man, we trying to, you know, politic and see what's new that's coming in. Didn't see nothing. So one day, a new training class comes in. And it's a bunch of young ladies. And I was training this young lady. And I was walking. And the hallway was wide open, you know, because it was a new call center. They was putting some you know, new destined. So it was wide open. So a new training class comes in and the girl that I was training was talking to this young lady that was in the new training class that was coming in. And she was just talking to her. And I was asking this girl, I was like, Felicia, who's this chick right here? And she told me who she was and she was just conversating. So at the end of the conversation, she was like, girl, I'll just call you. I said, no, I'll call you. So it was kind of funny. So that's that's where we, we met at the at a job. And, you know, I used to walk around to see where she sat at and finally found out where she sat at. We go in the break room and guys would talk was like and that new training class this one certain girl. And I was telling them, I said, man, I'm going to get that, man. I'm, and I said, one day I'm going to make her my wife. Everybody thought I was joking. So, you know, I don't know how this all came about, but I'm just strolling. I get her number. So I go home and I call her. No, I think she called. Did you call me? I think. Mm, <coughs> I'm not sure. I think you called me because I had one of them AT&T phones that had to call the ID and your number popped up. Yeah, I may have. And when she I'm called, well, I gave her my number. We exchanged numbers. And at that time, I don't know what her situation was. And I'll let her tell her what her situation was. And then I'll get back off into the story. Yeah. So. So the way Kareem told the story is it's pretty much right, but the only difference is we were leaving work when this happened. We were all walking out. And then uh, I think it was uh what's her Felicia. Felicia and I were walking out, and then Kareem was standing outside, and I knew he was, you know, trying to say something, and I was real quiet back then. I mean, I'm still pretty quiet, but I was real quiet back then, and I didn't say too much. I went to work. And then I came home and that was it. And so Felicia was saying, yeah, that, that guy right there, his name's Kareem, girl. He, I think he like you. He digging you. And I'm like, mm-mm, nope. I was like, uh-uh, I ain't talking to nobody at work. Uh-uh, ain't going to happen. And so whatever Kareem just said happened. So during this time, I was in a relationship. I was, I was in, it was rocky at the time because the guy was uh, very controlling. So I wasn't all the way in like I knew I should have been. But I think when we finally talked on the phone that night is when all everything came out. And I think our phone conversation had to have been at least four to five hours. Four to five hours straight. Four to five hours. I mean, we talked about everything. We at that time figured out, you know, how many kids we each had. I mean, what our colors were. I mean, we learned almost everything about each other in that four to five hours. I had never stayed on the phone that long in my life. <laughs> I was like, what in the world were we talking about? But uh, yeah, that's that that was the situation I was in. And then we talked on the phone and then from there, it just kind of, you know. It, it, it kind of took off from there. And it's kind of funny. 
And when I first when I when I first told her, I don't I don't think she, you know, believed me. I said, I'm gonna make you my wife. I don't think she believed me when I said that. And when I said that, I was like, man, I was being real because, you know, like I said, being in the military out there on your own, you experiencing things, you know, you get in relationships, things don't work and you move on and you out there doing stuff that, you know, you're not supposed to be doing, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, once I got here, it's like when I met her, she like grounded me, like everything came to a halt, everything that I was doing it just stopped. And my main focus was on her because I didn't want to blow my opportunity. I know at the time I didn't know she was in a relationship until we was on that phone conversation. And she told me little bits and pieces of it, but I didn't know the full story. But, you know, me being a, you know, the man that I am, you know, I, I'm not going to, I was, didn't care. I, I really did didn't care, care at that time because exactly. Cause I was focused in, I, I was honed in on what I wanted and I just, you know, I didn't want to, you know, give up this opportunity. So, like I said, our first initial conversation was for a long time and we talked about everything. Um, it just was like crazy because I never felt that way. And at this time, man, I, I, I was over 21. You know what I'm saying? I knew what I wanted, but I because I experienced a lot. How old you know, were you then? I think I was what, 20, 23 or 24. I was no, I was 21. He was 21. I was well, I'm five years old. 26? 26? Yeah. About 20. I was about 26. Yeah. So I experienced a lot. I was doing a lot. So I was like, when I met her, she she grounded me. So it, it's funny that I say that because for everybody that, that's in the Dallas area, they know this place is called the filling station. The filling station is a was a hangout on Friday nights. And then there was a particular club, Park Avenue, you know, shout out to my man, you know, Herc, you know, from FOC, man. We got him into the club business. He was the, the bouncer at all these clubs. So everywhere I went, you know, I, I got him free. You know, Herc took care of us. He took care of the crew. And it's kind of funny that, you know, Herc was security, man. He said, man, y'all come on up, come up to the club. So on Friday night, so at the job, when everybody started meeting each other, it was like everybody started talking about the filling station. So Friday night, that was the thing. What y'all doing after work? Everybody going to the filling station. So as a group, we used to go to the filling station. You know, Rod, if you're listening, you know how we used to rock out at the filling station. So we go to the filling station. And, you know, I think I invited. I don't know if I invited Kanisha to the filling you station. probably were already going to the filling station because <clears throat> me, and Stacy, if she's watching, Stacy and Kiwana, we would all go to the filling station. And during that time, I think we probably had talked about it and we were all just going to the same spot. Yes. So everybody would just go to the same spot. We go to the filling station. After we leave the filling station, we would go to park. We go to the club mm -hmm. and that would be our that would be our routine every weekend. Yeah. So one particular night we went to the filling station and. Me and my man Rod, we me, we call ourselves red and black. So, because you know I'm light skinned, he dark skinned. So we all when we used to have stuff, we used to call it the red and black production. But me and Rod, we thought we was we was on our shit. Yeah, they did. We 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 thought we was big time, <laughs> man. And you know when we had that town home, that was that was the spot for the women to come over and hang out. So we go to the filling station. Me and Rod got ourselves a booth. 
So we thought we was big kicking it. You know what the youngsters say today, big kicking it. But me and Ryan thought we was big kicking it. So we had a booth. So when we was in there, we saw Kanisha and her crew. I was like, right, man, there's Kanisha right there. Y'all come on over and get in the booth. So I remember to this day, she had on all black. You know, Kanisha used to wear her hair long behind her ear, and I used to love that. So we they come over to the booth, and they had this drink called the, the tune-up and the skull fuck. They would bring it to you. It was lit up. So we over there chilling, over there drinking. And, you know, had a partner of mine there with us and everything. So at the end of the night, I think I had, I don't know if I had to take Kanisha home because I think her friends knew, you know, what it was all about. So I had to take a buddy of mine home too, but I had to take Kanisha home. So at the end of the night, you know, we had some drinks, you know, feeling good and stuff like that. So out of respect, you know, I wanted to get her home. I wanted to make sure that she made it home safely. So, you know, I get in the car, my partner gets in the back, Kanisha gets up front. So I think she made herself real comfortable <laughs> because she took her shoes off and kicked it up on my dash. So I'm like, oh, she she real comfortable. So I'm dropping, I had to, I had to drop her off. I wanted to get her home safely. So I dropped Kanisha off. And my partner said, man, he had to go to the bathroom. So Kanisha was like, oh, you can come in the house and use the bathroom. So as he went in the house, I got out the car and I went in the house too. So as he's using the bathroom, I go in Kanisha's apartment. She had this particular chair. It was it was so comfortable, man. I sat in that thing. It was almost like one of them King's Captain chair. So I sat in that chair. <clears throat> so when I sat in that chair, I'm waiting for my man to come out of the bathroom. He comes out of the bathroom. So he dips out, goes back out to the car. I'm still sitting in the chair. So as I'm leaving out, you know, Kanisha, you know, walks me to the door and she tries to beg to differ on this one. And I'm, I'm standing by what I say and I'm confirmed on what I say as I was walking out the door. You know how you get that notion like somebody wants you to do something or initiate something. But as I walk out that door and I'm about to leave and she's standing there like, nigga, are you going to reach in for a kiss or what? <laughs> I didn't do it. And she reached in and initiated that kiss. So she gave me a kiss goodnight. And right then and there, I walked out that hallway. I said, man, I got her now. I got her. So once I leave and I I go out, I'm like, man, I got her. So from that day forth, I don't know what happened to her relationship. I'll let her touch on that. So you can go in and touch on that. Yeah, no, my memory is horrible. Let me try to remember. Um, I think what happened was I ended up talking to the guy. I mean, we ended up talking with each other. And uh, what happened was my apartment got broken into. The apartment that you came. No, that wasn't that apartment. Um, it was a previous apartment. So my apartment, it got broken into. And um, he was there with me. And at that time, I was talking to uh, Kareem. But then we were... We were talking and I think, man, I don't even know, we were texting back then. Were we texting back then? Because we had like flip phones. Probably. Nah, I don't, I don't, nah, I, well, I did have a phone. I had one he, of them uh, like he Motorola it. flips. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like he came across his number. I think that's what it was. I think I had, back then we wrote the numbers down. When you gave, you gave out the number, we was writing numbers down on paper. So I think Kareem had given me his number and then this guy ended up seeing his number 
are finding his number somewhere laying around my house. And so he got so upset and, you know, we ended up parting ways, um, which was fine because, you know, uh, I was, my mom was elsewhere at that time. So, uh, you know, we, we then broke up and then that's when me and Kareem just went, uh, full speed at that time. That was what in, uh, 1999. And then, uh, I think we uh, then you can go into when we decided to uh, move in together. Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny that, that she said about moving, you know, in with each other. Um, that really didn't take place until probably about 2000 because I had my own. She had her own. But once I met her, it was all about her. So we was around each other. I made it apparent to get around her anytime I could. Right. So. The crazy thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share this little story. Um, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. Like when I first met her and I had opportunities to go over to her house, you know what I'm saying, before, you know, things took off. Um, everybody in the Dallas area knows where Skillman and Audelia is. And Kanisha stayed off of Frankfurt. And that's a long way. So you got to go 635. You got to go on a major freeway. So one night um, was chilling. Um, I don't know what happened, you know, with situation with my car situation, but I wanted to make a way to get over to Kenesha. <laughs> so, it guys, yeah, Frankfurt and Frankfurt and Kelly, Kelly. Frankfurt okay. and Kelly, yeah. Frankfurt and Kelly. So I'm I'm off of Skillman and Audelia. So I'm off of Skillman and Audelia, and I said, man, I I got to get to go see her. I I can't. It's it's a weekend, a Friday night. I got to go see her. So, man, I got on my bicycle. I had a bicycle. I got on my bicycle. And, and Kanisha <laughs> used to drink this particular wine. It was Carlo Rossi. Uh, either Carlos Rossi. Ca Carlos, Carlos Rossi. Rossi. It had a little cork Arbor, in it. And Arbor Mist. That was my Yeah, team. the Arbor Mist. We used to call it Thug Passion. But <laughs> the Carlo Rossi had a little cork. So I stopped to the you know, the, the liquor store and got that Carlo Rossi. And it, it's almost that color. And I got on my bicycle with that wine. And I drove, I well not drove, I rode my bicycle on 635 against the traffic, going down the freeway. And at that time, you know, the GPS and all that stuff, like the, you know, ways and all that stuff, I don't think that was available at the time. I just knew that she stayed off. Of, I knew where she stayed. I just didn't know how to get there. So I get on 635 and I cut through Valley View, um, Valley View Mall's parking lot. And I'm going down away and I asked this, I, I saw somebody and I stopped and I asked the young man, I said, man, how far is Preston? I mean, how far is Frankfurt and um, Kelly from here? He said, man, you got a ways. And I was like, um, if I go down Preston, can I get that way? He said, yeah, if you take Preston all the way down, it's probably about 15 miles down. And then you make that left on um, Frankfurt. You just take it all the way. So, man, I got back on that bike, started pedaling. I said, I'm going to get there. But I finally made it. I, I I made it and I got there. And when I got there, man, it was like, man, I mean, I, I'm walking in. I'm like, at that time, man, Kanisha was just, I mean, she just, she just blew my mind, man, because the way she used to wear her hair, and I told her that, and I think she used to do it on purpose at times because she knew, she knew what it was about. So we get back to, you know, we had the job and everything and, you know, like I said, her um, situation with her um, her relationship, I didn't know where it was, you know, going at. 
So I used to walk around and I saw her not, you know, I like I wanted to see what type of men that, you know, Kanisha was dealing with. Right. So I go down to, you know, her little work area and I look up on her screen. She had a picture of Shamar Moore <laughs> on her screen. Right. But she's telling me. That was back then. Yeah. You no, know, she's telling me that she don't I, date light skinned people. I didn't. Right? I didn't date Shamar Moore. I, just, I know. I know you didn't I, date Shamar I mean, Moore, but she said that's not her. Her cup it, of tea. It was. It wasn't. But I mean. And I, I say to myself, you know, her boyfriend later on I, at the time, you know, he was a he was a dark skinned dude. Well, not dark skinned about her complexion and all that. So I'm like, okay, I, I figure, you know, what type of you know men she's dealing with. But she always told me, you know, she never dated a light skinned person. She wasn't into him, right? But uh, she sure had that Shamar Moore. That was <laughs> that was her screensaver. But come, you know, come to find out as we got together. She loves some Tyrese, so she she likes them chocolate men. Everybody knows her. She likes Tyrese, but she's always told me, you know, I've never met a you know dated a light skinned guy. So, but unfortunately, you know, you ended up with me. First so time for everything, right? Yeah, but you know, first time for everything, and that was the last because look who you stuck See? with. Yeah, you know right, what I'm saying. Right. So, yeah. you know, me being the smooth person I was, you know, I'm you know I'm I'm thinking, you know, I I knew what I was doing. I sometimes I used to do stuff and say stuff to her. To get a rise from her to see where her feelings was really at. So at this particular time at the job, I don't know what happened. I I was going back home to visit. Got me a plane ticket and shout out to my brother Jamie if he's watching. You know he picked me up from the airport and I was going home and I don't know what the situation was. I don't know if her her relationship had broken all the way off, but I get home and I just wanted to call her to let her know who that. I made it home safely. And guys and girls, man, I made that phone call and a dude answered the phone. Hmm. I said, like, oh, okay. Some dude answered the phone. It must have been her, you know, ex-boyfriend. He got all pissed up. I heard him say, who, who is this? I said, man, I'm just calling, you know, her, tell her that I made it home. So I don't know if that was the straw that broke the camel's back for their relationship just to crash because now he heard my voice. He might have saw my number laying around, but now he heard my voice. He knew that, oh, this dude is real. So he must have said, man, they must really got something going on because he he called in the house. So I'm calling the house, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, she didn't answer the phone. He answered the phone. So I, I was kind of pissed off. <laughs> so I think at that time I said, look, man, just consider me dead. So I just wanted to get a rise out of her. So I'm, I'm laying, I'm at the house, man, and um, I'm laying around and, I hear our phone ring at the house and I heard my mother calling me like Kareem, um, some girl by the name of Kanisha's on the phone for you. I was like, Mom, I don't want to talk to her. I was pissed off. Did I did I talk to you? Did I did I get on the phone? Did I actually get on the phone? I don't think her? so. I don't think I got on the phone to talk phone. to her. Because no. I was pissed off. But I wasn't pissed off. I was using them probably tactics. Ended up calling me though. Yeah, I, I think I did call her after that, but I just he's, I, from, he's trying to play hard. I, hey, I knew it what was I was doing. Not hard. Hey, everybody know. I look. I knew what I was doing at the time because I got a rise out of her because I made her start thinking. I made her start worrying. Like, oh man, I I didn't messed up. But no, she didn't mess up because she had a current situation that I didn't know about. So it's like I didn't answer. I told my mother just tell her I ain't here. Um, phone hung up. I think I eventually called her back. I don't know if I did call her back. I think I called her back when I made it back to Dallas. So, but I just wanted her, I wanted to put on her mind that 
oh okay you you messing with the wrong one now because i knew i knew what i was doing so it's kind of crazy i say that to say this is because when i locked in on something that i wanted i was going to keep it till i got it and you know unfortunately you know their situation i ain't gonna say unfortunately their situation broke off so it was all about me and her so the funny thing is we hanging out we just we we hang we doing everything together so the apartment complex that i had and the apartment complex that she had was on the opposite sides of town so i'm paying bills at my complex but i'm always over at her house he'll be leaving stuff y'all he leave <laughs> he leave a toothbrush he leaves some socks he leaves some shorts and i'm like all of a sudden you didn't left two items and you got a whole little drawer going on now mind you i wasn't really bringing anybody in at this point uh amber still had not even met don't she don't know nothing about him at this point we probably dated for a, a good year maybe before amber even met him or before we formally introduced amber but yeah he, no, he, i think it was i think it was a little less than that because yeah maybe six months about well. six months a little less than that because every time i used to go over there i had to go over there while amber was asleep yes that was my rule couldn't come over here when my child was up yeah and and, and that's respect and the crazy thing about it is when we start to really you know talk and being engaged but well, I'm not 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 engaged, but engaged in each other, you know, speaking. Um, we found out a little bit more. And the crazy thing about it is I would get my daughter on the weekends and she would always come over. And I finally introduced my daughter to Kanisha. And, you know. My daughter and her daughter, they four. They were, how, they about, were five. They were. In, it was in ninety nine. Well, yeah, they're four, like, and four, five, four and five, four and five. So they only like five months apart. So the crazy thing is, and when I first got a chance to meet Amber, um, it was funny. Kanisha finally brought her over to the house, over to um, my um, townhome. And when I met her, I introduced myself to her as Dynamite. I said, I'm I Dynamite. Like, Why in the world are you telling her your name is Dynamite? Yeah. So Amber, yeah. you know, I've been, you know, raising Amber since she was four years old. So it's kind of crazy. And then everything that we did amber and jasmine they was like they was like two peas in a pod they would do everything together and in particular christmases you know they wanted bikes they used to ride their bikes all the time on the weekends they played they did all kinds of stuff man they make up games on the cards and stuff and they really enjoyed each other and the crazy thing about it is we would all hang out and we would all go places together then as a big family but we wasn't a family then but you know but like i said if y'all go back and listen earlier i said man i was going to marry this this young lady one day so you know as things you know progress you know i think it got a little bit more serious man because i i was just with her every day of the week man and everybody knew and you know i tell people you always got to deal with the people that came before you right so you know kanisha being here from the dallas area and you know I, I would step out and i would always have in the back of my, my mind not knowing her past like <clears throat> eventually i'm gonna have to run into somebody that she's dealt with <laughs> and I, I would tell this story and you know i laugh about it to this day but we go back to the filling station so me and kanisha up at the bar you know what i'm about to say right i think we're at the bar and I'm, I'm, I'm up there with kanisha and this dude walks up and he like kind of like gets in between me and kanisha and like puts his hand on the bar like trying to shield me out trying to get to kanisha to, uh -huh. 
try to talk to her and he's like, hey, what's up, Kanisha? You know, I can't get no hug or nothing. She was like, nah, I'm, I'm here with my, my boyfriend. And he, I'm like, I kind of like pushed him to the side, like, hey, bro, what, what's up? She says she's here with her boyfriend. <laughs> so I'm like, man, you know, at that time, you know, I was a little reckless then, but he didn't, he didn't like kids say today, he didn't want that smoke, but I, I wasn't going to take it there. I, Kanisha handled that respectfully and let him know up front that, hey, nah, it's not that type of party no more. I'm here with my boyfriend. You're not going to disrespect him. And, you know, we moved on from there and never saw that dude ever again in life. Still haven't saw him. So I, I say that to say that, but she handled the situation great. And that, that was respect. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep it going. And, you know, we, we serious at this time. So we had plans. So in 2000, uh, what we decided to, to move in with each other. Right. Uh -huh. So we decided to <laughs> get an apartment with each other over at Grayson's gate in 2000. So everybody that, you know, my family that has been down the great day, they know what Grayson's gates about. So, we just used to do everything together, man. And, uh, you know, our whole story is like when I first met her, I was set to say, hey, we gonna, we get married. So I told her at about age 30, I'm going to be married with two kids. And when you speak stuff, it comes into fruition. So, you know, she laughing, but it, it's kind of crazy because I don't, you know, she she know the real. I think she know that I was serious and she was serious too, because I think, I don't know. I, I don't think she got a jealous bone in her body, but she, she was, she was, she was falling in love. She was falling in love. So I think when, I think before we started, I think before we moved in with each other, I was over at her apartment and she cooked me. Um, I think what, what was that? Meatloaf. We meatloaf. have we have this conversation because you said it was a meatloaf, but I, I know it was meatloaf. Look, my skills back then wasn't what they are now, so I had to cook with what I knew how to cook. And meatloaf was my meatloaf and spaghetti was my two go to. So he had some meatloaf. It, it was, was like the meatloaf. Best meatloaf you had. It was meatloaf because if you remember, I had got into a car accident. Meatloaf, and mashed potatoes. I had got into a car accident. Um, was um working at um. Excel Communications. I was on my way. I was taking somebody home and somebody ran into the back of me. So I don't know how you got the phone call that I was in an accident because I had to go to that little hospital that was on 635. Uh -huh. And, you know, I had messed my back up, had a little lumbar strain. And but that that didn't stop me because I wanted to go see Kanisha. And when they released me, I I told Kanisha, I said, I'm coming over. She was like, you in the hospital? You are so I went over there and she cooked me. It was it was meatloaf. Mm -hmm. It was meatloaf. So she cooked me that meatloaf. And um, when she cooked me that meatloaf, man, it's probably one of the best meals I ever had, man. So I said, oh, man, oh, she can cook. So that was impressive. Mama taught me well. So the funny thing about it is now we get a, now back at the job. Everybody knows that me and Kanisha are item now because <laughs> we was every every place we went even in the break room we go on break we was with each other and on lunch <laughs> them lunch times was epic super salad that man, was our spot man we so, <laughs> go ahead well I, I all i remember is super salad like back then i used to just want super salad every day for lunch and i'd be like kareem you want to go to lunch or we want to go to lunch how, i don't know how we would end up having the same lunch or how we would work that out but we would end up going to lunch every day um up until that time but the yeah. funny thing is we didn't work together for a long time 
before we when we met, we didn't yeah. work together for a long time. Yeah. I and you ended up leaving. Yeah, the job. I, I ended up leaving the job and I moved yeah. on. But at the time when we was at Comp USA, you know, everybody knows me. You know, I take a lunch with a, I make my own lunch schedule. So I used to make my lunch schedule based around Kanisha's schedule to go to lunch with her. So we used to go always go to Super Salad. I go to Super Salad and be on lunchtime. And you know, as you know, you fresh in a relationship, man. You're going to lunch, man, eating Super Salad, you conversating. And then, you know, at that time, you know, you always want to try to find something else to do before you get back to work. So, you know, we used to stop off at the complex, spend some time and then get back to work. But it was funny because at that time, as we're going to see, everybody knew at that job that we was an item. She got a particular group of friends that she hang around with. She she knows. She already gave me a shout out. Stacy Kawana. And, you know, yeah. Twamika, um, she used to hang out with Man. them. And everybody knows that once we, and, you know, ride, like I said, I keep mentioning ride, but, you know, our oh, town yeah. home, our town home, we knew it used to pop. And our our town home was the hot spot after the club for all the women to come over to. So, you know, ride had the upstairs. I had the downstairs. They so. had a, a whole house, yeah. Now, it wasn't a whole house, man. We just, we. <laughs> Me and Rod, man, we we used to we like like we used to tell people we used to have more traffic than six thirty five in rush hour. So it's like after the club, you know, I had downstairs. I, I always used to be like, okay, Rod, I, I know they coming over after they get out the club, and it'd be about two three o'clock in the morning. We see this little burgundy Ford Escort pull up. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Stacy with her burgundy Escort. Like, yeah, they here. So Kanisha get out, man, come downstairs. And I would already have the, because I know Kanisha off in the candles and stuff. I'd have my candles burning, man. I'd have the bath water ran for it, everything. So, yeah. you know, guys, you know, I knew what I was doing. So, but everybody knew that we was an item then. So we just spent a lot of time with each other. And I was like, man, when we moved into 2000, man, I was like, man, you know, we've been dating for about a year now. We, we, we met everybody's, you know, family, but it's a story. Okay. Now we haven't met everybody's family members yet. Um, I don't, I don't even know if she introduced me to her mother. Then I don't, I don't think I was introduced she to her knew mother. Of then. you, um, after you gave me a, a little heart necklace, I believe it might have been for Valentine's Day. I got a necklace, oh, yeah. and I remember telling Mama, I was like, "Look, um, Mama, he gave me a necklace," and she was like, "Oh, that's nice. That's that was pretty. That was nice of him." And then from that point, I then started kind of telling her, you know, about him and who he was and, you know, that that we were dating. But, you know, my mom, she she really didn't, you know, get too much in my relationship business. She's she laid just, back. She would just be like, oh, OK. All right, then. Um, you know, at that point, I had moved out and had my own place. So, you know, then we, you know, took it from there yeah. after the after we moved in together. It just kind of. Those couple of years just kind of went by. I think the first year that I met your parents was that was in that was in 2000, 2000, 2000. Yeah, I remember my whole outfit. When yeah. I tell you I was nervous, I was so nervous. Yeah, I had on a little jean jacket outfit. You know, you had the um, I had a blue jean jacket. I had the uh, jeans and I had my little brown boots and I had on my little um, uh Charlie's, Charlie's Angel, Angel shirt. shirt. Charlie's Angel Bond, shirt. Bon, you know about the Charlie's Angel <laughs> shirt. And I'm glad that she mentioned that because I said, you know, 
I wanted to introduce it to my parents, right? So, you know, I'll backtrack a little bit because when I was in the military, every weekend, you know, I was in Norfolk and, you know, being in Maryland, it was only like a three and a half hour drive. And I, I used to, you know, weekends, I used to bring a different chick home every time, right? And, you know, you know, how as parents, they look at you like, uh, she ain't the one for you. Well, nah, she ain't, you know, you know, she, it was just convenient. You know, I'm just bringing them home. Flavor of the week. Yeah, yeah, like like say flavor of the week jet. I man, for real guys, man. You know some of the people that you know I used to deal with, like in Virginia and stuff. When I used to bring them home, people were like, man, where you meet her at? Mom, shit, I'm in the military, man. We, me and my partners, man, we used to you know move around. We meet chicks all the time, but you know, like I said, nothing serious, man. It was just at that time, just some toys to play with. You know what I'm saying? But when I first said, oh, Kanisha, um, we going home to Maryland. I want you to meet my family. So we got a took a plane ride home. It was it was in January. It was cold, right? And introduced her to my goddaughter Jay Sean. If you if you're watching the show, um, she knows when she met Kanisha back in 2000. Um, the crazy thing about it is when I first introduced her to my father, and the first thing my dad said to her when I introduced them, he said, "When are you going to become my daughter-in-law?" And I'm like, wow. So, you know, your dad says that, you know, like, okay, well, okay. And then everybody, you know, that knew my mother, you know, rest in peace to mom. Everybody that knew her, she knew my mom was pretty, you know, hard on the females that came in her son's lives. Right. And, you know, it's some females that I dealt with that my mom was like, why are you dealing with her? You know, she ain't no good for you and all that. Okay, mom, you listen to your mom, but as kids, they always, your mother's always, well, they say your mother's always right. You're going to listen to them, but you know, you don't take heed to that until you grow up in life and you experience things with your own kids and you be trying to tell your kids like, man, you know, you ain't supposed to be doing that. This is how it's supposed to be done. But back then when I was a kid, I didn't want to hear that, you know, because I thought I, I thought I was the man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, Ma, how you going to tell me who I can, you know, date and who I can talk to? But when your mother comes to you and says, Kareem, I think, you know, I, I think you might have found one. I think I, I like her. And, and that that really touched me because I know how my mother was with, you know, with her boys. You know what I'm saying? With women coming into their lives. You know what I'm saying? But Kanisha left a, a, a great impression on that first, you know, introduction to my, you know, my parents. and. You know, once you get support from them, you'd be like, okay, well, I got I got my, you know, my family support. And then Kanisha, it was like natural. Kanisha just fit in with everybody in my family. I, I mean, it was like almost organic. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like yeah. everybody that my family that's watching, they know when Kanisha was introduced to him, she just she just got in where she fit in. And it's crazy when I say that because you know, a lot of relationships and couples. You know, it takes them a while to, you know, to get in with their family. But Kanisha fit right in. And the thing I felt most comfortable with Kanisha was because I had nothing to hide then. Right. Because I think I laid all the cards on the table on what I was about and what I went through. Right. So it was, it's been times that I'm at home, you know, when we first dating, you know, I'm at home with Kanisha. I didn't have to be around Kanisha. I could go off and hang out with the boys and Kanisha could be, you know, hanging with the family and I wouldn't have to worry about nothing. Like, 
for them telling her something that she's going to come back to me and like, oh, I didn't know that. Why didn't you tell me that? Never happened. I felt so comfortable because I, I laid all my cards on the table at the beginning so she wouldn't find nothing that I left out. So I could go home. We'd be home and I'm hanging out with Vaughn and my boy Larry. Shout out to Larry if he's watching. We hanging out and Kanisha could be hanging with the girls. And I wouldn't have to be, worry about nothing like being said behind my back that she didn't know about. So that that's a lot of respect right there. And it's kind of crazy because it's funny that all my, you know, my aunts and my uncles, my cousins, they just love Kanisha, man. And well, I'll take a step back, you know, like with her family, you know, her family here in Dallas, you know, like her father's side of the family, they're in Orange, Texas. And the first time I was able to visit down in Orange, what, what year was that? Was that in, oh, I think that was 99. I think I met your, I think I met your um, family before you met mine, your, your, your father's side of the family. And at that time, I didn't know. You know, I, I spoke to her about her dad and everything, but I didn't know the situation. But at that time, her, her father was he was incarcerated at the time. So I never really got a chance to meet him. And, you know, you know, come to find out, you know, he had to do some time. But I never like I said, I never had a chance to meet him. But he would always used to write Kanisha and stuff like that. And, you know, he wanted us to come visit and things like that. But we never got a chance to go visiting. But when I went down to Orange, Texas to meet her family for the first time, man. It's like I fit right in. Like they accepted me right in there. And her, and her grandmother, Nanny, you know, mm -hmm. I just, I love her to death, man. And, and how does Nanny? Ooh, uh, 97, 97, 98, 90, somewhere. Yeah, she's about there. 97, 98. And when I, first, a off. when I first met Nanny, man, she gave me the name Charisma. She used to call me, she called me Charisma. <laughs> And when I met her family, like her uncle Howard and her aunt Sent and all them and her uncle Wendell, love them to death, rest in peace. Um, they just took me in. And at that time, I took my I took my daughter down there as well. Me and Jasmine went down there and they just welcomed up, welcomed us in with open arms. And that felt special. And we just had a good time, man. I was like, man, families, you know, appreciate each other. Um, they appreciated me, my family appreciated Kanisha. And the one thing, you know, as time progressed, 2001, I came up with a plan. I said, man, I think it's, it's almost that time to propose. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. And one thing that I look back on now, I wish I would have did different. I really never sat down and, um, you know, talked to her mother about it. Right. Because, you know, Mother was a, you know, a single parent raising, you know, her and her brother and, you know, helping out with Amber at the time. But that's that's one thing I regret because I never really sat down and talked to moms about, you know, about her daughter that I wanted to propose to her and thing like that. That's that's one thing I regret. You know what I'm saying? I don't tell them that now. I think about it, you know, here and there, like, man, if I could have did it all over again, I, I wish I would have sat down. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. 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 In 20 years, I'll, I'll, I'll redo it. But I just that's one thing I do regret because I never got a chance to really sit down with moms and have that conversation. Be like, moms, you know, this is how I feel about your daughter. And this is what I want to do. You know, how do you feel about the situation? And that's one thing I regret, man. But I didn't do that. And 
you know, me being, you know, 25, 26 at the time, I didn't know how to do that because I was taking matters in my own hand. You know, I, I just wanted to I just wanted to marry her. So it's kind of crazy because my brother in law, I had a chance to go to Vegas to their wedding in 2001. And I've always talked to my brother-in-law, Vaughn, you know, if he's watching the show, I know he is. You know, I told him, I said, man, I, I got to find a way to propose to Kanisha. And, you know, people in Maryland know that every time we come home around the 4th of July, we always have a big backyard barbecue at my dad's house. And with all the family and friends on my side, right? So I said, Vaughn, that's gonna be, that, that'd be the perfect opportunity, but you got to help me. You got to help me set up this proposal. So I'm, I'm talking to Vaughn about this proposal. And he said, man, why don't you do it at the family picnic? <laughs> so I, it was in my mind to do it. But, you know, at that time, you get a little nervous and we go home for Fourth of July picnic. And I, I'm a little I'm a little nervous, man. And I, I thought I was going back out. And, you know, we sitting there and we're talking. And, you know, at that time. It was a little pause break after eating. You do you remember this? Mm-hmm. It, it, it was a pause break after we eaten. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I was sitting. I probably was sitting. I probably was eating crab or something. Probably was sitting with, with Megan. Megan. And uh, I just remember Kareem coming out, and he stood there, and I think they somebody may have asked me to come up there or something or another. I, and I, I remember Vaughn. standing up there, Vaughn. and I had on an orange um, t-shirt dress. I, I had the picture dress. I wanted to show y'all the proposal, but I dropped the ball on that yeah. one. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll post that later. But it's funny. I talked to Vaughn. Vaughn said, that's the perfect opportunity. So I thought Vaughn was joking. Vaughn went up there and said, hey, I got a special announcement to make. <laughs> he called Kanisha up to the front of the tent with all my family sitting there. And I'm just like thinking like Vaughn. Uh, I, I, I kind of got cold feet at the time. I was like, nah, Vaughn. But I went through with it. So when he caught her up there, I, I walked up there. I had my braids to the back. I had on my red fat farm shirt. It was nothing nothing dressed up. I wasn't dressed up or anything. I had on some fat farm shorts and my Allen Iverson Reeboks. And at that time, I was like, Vaughn, okay. So I got up there and I just, in front of everybody, that's when I got down on one knee and I announced my, you know, proposal and asked her when she married me. She accepted. I was hesitant at first. I was nervous because I felt like, wow. I mean, yeah. I felt like I have to say yes right now. Well, you didn't have to say yes. You didn't have to say yes. I mean, I know I didn't have to, yeah. but it was just kind of like I was put on the spot and I was real like all I was thinking about was, oh my god, I got to go back home and tell my mama yeah. that I'm 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 <laughs> engaged. Yeah. That was my biggest thing. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, I was like, okay, well, let me just go ahead and 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 do this and and then deal she with, went with a gut feeling, y'all. Yeah, and then go ahead and, and worry about how we're gonna tell mama when yeah. we get home. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad that she said that worried about how to tell mama when we get home because, like I said, y'all heard me say earlier, that's one thing I regret because I didn't inform her of the situation until after the fact. And like I said, if I could go back, I would do it, I would do it differently. You know what I'm saying? And it was crazy that 
you know, a little backyard barbecue turned into like a little engagement party. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was so excited. And everybody that knows my family, everybody wanted to be involved in the wedding, right? In the wedding plan. You know, um, Lisa, if you're if you're looking, my aunt Sissy um, and my aunt Debbie, rest in peace. They really wanted to be an intricate part of my wedding. They wanted to plan things and help us get it going, right? Because, you know, them being in Maryland, me being in Texas, and the crazy thing about it is they was doing so much from afar. They was giving inputs on everything. And, you know, at that time when the wedding came, um, when we got married in 2003, um, it was crazy because doing our planning ourselves, you know, as, as a young as a young couple trying to figure things out on venues, you know, at that time, you know, we both had good jobs. Um, I was working at Brinks, Brinks international shout out to my Brinks international crew that are watching. Um, it's like, it's crazy because we both had good paying jobs and, um, it's like, I just want to, you know, say that we did a lot of things on our own. Um, and the thing about it is I, I take a quote from my, my favorite, you know, NFL player, Randy Moss. It was all about straight cash homie. I didn't use no credit cards or nothing. Everything that we did, it was straight cash for the wedding. When we got our venue, we put down straight cash deposit. We didn't use no credit cards or anything like that. So, you know, we, we got, um, our reception was at the holiday Inn off of six thirty five. But the Holiday Inn is not there no more. We get, we got the whole ballroom, and we, I mean, we did it. We did it. We did it big for ourselves within the means back, of our budget back then. Yeah, in two thousand three, yeah. big. Yeah, with two thousand three, <laughs> we was big kicking. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, a lot of people coming out of a marriage, you know, they got a lot of debt. They got to pay, you know, their credit cards because that's what they put their wedding on. But the thing about it is, we never did that. Um, we um, actually did everything with straight cash. So kudos to my wife, man, because she, 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 she came up with a game plan, got a wedding book. You can touch on that. How you yeah, organize I, I pretty much, uh, between me, my mom and Aunt Debbie and Aunt Sissy, literally we planned the wedding. I, I did have a, a, a plan, a lady who helped, uh, as well. She was actually certified to plan and she actually helped out a lot, but I probably could have done without her. Um, because we did a lot of it. My mom did my bouquets. She did all the floral, um, any kind of floral. She did all the guys' boutonnieres, um, all of that stuff. So, you know, they they pretty much stepped in and and helped us like no other. And it was, and, you know, it turned out good. Yeah, everything turned out well. Like like Kanisha did say, we did have a wedding planner, but the wedding planner at the time, I don't think she was she put into it what she was supposed to put into it and she was so-called be a wedding planner yeah. you know my my aunt sissy and and my mother-in-law and and my aunt debbie they they spearheaded this whole wedding they they put stuff in motion that i i was just thankful for you know what i'm saying and it's crazy that it happened that way because you know being from Maryland, staying here in Texas, 
now when you plan the wedding, you, you're trying to figure out where you want to get married at. You want to compensate everybody. But, you know, I wanted to compensate her family as well as I wanted to compensate my family. But my family, they love to travel. So I once I sat down and said, OK, these are the guys that I wanted my wedding. Shout out to all my guys, my groomsmen, my best man that in my little ring bearer, um, EJ Sappington, um, yeah. my flower girls, um, my daughter, my other daughter and my goddaughter. They was all my flower girls. So. We pretty much had everything the way we wanted. And the crazy thing about it is when we found out the venue um, at that particular time, we was attending. Um, what was the church? It was in Louisville. What was mm -hmm. it? What was West Side. We was we was going to West Side Baptist Church. And, you know, as you know, you're about to get married and you're attending church. You got to have the marriage marriage counseling, you know, them cycles. And Pastor Blake, man, he he, he was a. He was a jokester, man, but he, he was a good dude. So we go through the marriage counseling. We, how many sessions we had? How many sessions? Um, maybe three, four sessions, maybe. I think I don't know. It may have been. I think it may have been six. Yeah, we had. We had to go through like you know different, different sessions stuff. on on different categories. So, yeah, yeah. So you know, shout out to Pastor Blake. You know, for our marriage counseling and sessions we had, it turned out great. So he officiated the wedding. So <clears throat> at that time, we like. OK, things are getting, you know, picking up momentum. So I had to, you know, we got the wedding venue. We got the date set. Um, we got we got the bridal party. And one of her um, one of the, you know, her um, maid of honors. I mean, not maid of honors, but bridesmaids. Um, she backed out. So Kanisha had to find a replacement. So we had I think it was like eight, 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 think, seven and seven, seven and seven. And then my best man. And um, the crazy thing about it is she found that replacement. So we made it work and shout out to all my, you know, my Maryland family and friends that participated in that day and that, you know, participated in my wedding that that was in the wedding. And, you know, they came up with a game plan and everybody once I told them the date, everybody got, you know, stuff situated. Um, I told them, you know, where the venue was at the Holiday Inn. So. I think I don't know if I did this. I, I I think my aunt Debbie did this. She blocked off so many rooms at the Holiday Inn, so everybody that was traveling was staying at the Holiday Inn. So, like I said, rest in peace, Aunt Debbie, lover to death. Um, but she spearheaded that. She made you know phone calls, got everything locked in. So at that time, everything was locked in, and then you know. My brother Jamie and my brother Eric, you know, they spearheaded to get the guys together and the family together, you know, for the plane tickets to to arrive here. So everybody arrived in one piece. And when they got here, um, I got to I got to share this story because I'm going to tell you how I got the keys to the city here in Dallas. And I, I want to tell people that it was kind of funny. And, you know, Vaughn, I think he's going to put a post on here um, when he hears this. So, you know, everybody arrives and we're thinking about, you know, the guys, you know, we wanted to hang out, you know, the bachelor party. So I reached out to my man, Herc. There was this particular club that was up on um, 635, not too far from the hotel called Rockefellers. Hmm. And I, I I told my wedding party, nah, this, this was before the bachelor party. I told my fellas, okay, we're going to all the ladies and all the guys, we're going to hang out. We're going to the club. We was probably about 20, I'd say about 22 to 25. We was probably about 22, roughly around about 20 to 22 deep. And at this particular time, this club be jumping. 
So I give my I give a phone call to my man Hurt Hurt man. We about to come up. He said, "Come on, I got you." And I'm trying to convince Vaughn that man, we're not standing no line. We're not standing nowhere. As soon as we get to the club, and I tell Hurt that we're here, we going straight. We going straight to the. We going straight to the front. So when we get there, it's funny. Vaughn was like, "Man, there's too many people out here. Man, we ain't gonna get in." The line was from to the door back to the parking lot. So everybody parks. I get my party together and we start proceeding to the front. I say, Hurt, we're here. He said, come on up to the front. And I'm walk, we walking past the line, 20 to 22 people walking past. Everybody that's in the line, they're looking at us like we crazy. So we get to the front. Hurt stops the, he stops the line, opens up the velvet red rope, just lets us go through, puts us in the VIP section sent the drinks down, sent the food down, and Vaughn like, man, hold up, man, you ain't got it like that. I said, yes, I do. You saw what just happened. We shut the whole line down for my wedding party to get up in the club. So we had a great time that night, man, and um, and at that time, you know, it's, it's wedding weekend, and the crazy thing about it is I wasn't nervous. I was ready. You know, I, I knew what I wanted to do. And I don't know how Kanisha felt at that time. I'll let her, you know, explain. Well, I wasn't nervous, uh, but it was funny because I have a funny story. The night before the wedding, we did do a bachelor at party. Um, but the night before the wedding, we all stayed at my mom's house. I think most of my bridesmaids, Stacy, I see you on there. Hey, girl. Um, let me know if you stay. I think she stayed with us, too. Uh, we all stayed at my mom's house and then we all had to get up super early to go get our hair done. Y'all, when I tell you, well, Sharissa, shout out to my cousin, Sharissa, uh, if she's watching. Uh, we stayed up all night and giggled. I'm talking about all night. I don't know what we were talking about. Knew I needed to be asleep because we had an early, early morning. So we get up early. I'm talking about five o'clock early. And Nene was my hairstylist back then. Um, shout out to Nene. Hairstylist for years. She hooked us all up. Literally at five o'clock in the morning, we all piled into a, uh, into my mama's. Taurus. Taurus. <laughs> four Taurus. And y'all, when I tell y'all, like we, we was driving, we was riding around illegal, like for real, for real, because we were lapped up. It was about, it had to have been about. It was about eight of us in that car, literally. And we had we had uh, Amber on lap. We had uh, uh, Tootsie Roll. We had uh, Rod's, Rod's daughter was in there with Shout us. Shout out to Brianna. Brianna. And we had Jasmine in there. Uh, Amber, I mean, it was, it, it was Amber. Jay Sean. We had everybody in this Taurus, y'all. And I, to this day, do not know how we all got in that Taurus. But we made it. And we came back and I mean, we did have, we, we forgot a lot of stuff, y'all. We mm. got to the wedding and I didn't have my garter. She didn't have the garter. My I didn't eye have sister my and tiara. I made a, they, they, they didn't have, she didn't have the tiara. They made shift. My eye sissy, they rigged something up and, and you, you'll never know that it wasn't the real thing. Yes. My mama was trying to leave out and was like, let me run the Sam Moon and let me get, let me get this. And I was like, <laughs> no, I was crying. No, you can't leave. You got to stay here with me. And Aunt Sissy was over here trying to make my garter out of some ribbon. 
And then I think uh, my mom had an extra earring and she ended up making my earring. So that's what I wore as my tiara. I had like the veil part and I had like an earring that she had to make as my tiara. When I tell y'all, it was it, it was it's something to look back on. I'm telling you, because, you know, looking back on it, you know, you think about all of that. And that's really not the important part of the wedding okay. at that time you know i was flipping out because i wanted everything to be perfect and i wanted everything to to flow but boy i tell you it was it was something but at the end of the wedding literally we left people in the reception the people yeah. in the reception was still partying we yeah. went we were i was exhausted yeah. and and the funny it's funny that she said that is because shout out to my mother-in-law she hosted the 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 reception was well, a bridal party dinner and at her house and all the family all Kanisha's family from orange all my family from frederick maryland that came up we all was at my mother-in-law's house man great food i think what what was on the menu i think was it gumbo gumbo everybody yes, enjoyed the gumbo we had gumbo um potato salad we had um oh we had all kinds of stuff yeah my aunt and my aunt Sam got in that kitchen yeah. she she whipped up like she say whipped up a pot of gumbo we was we were eating good yeah eating good. and and the crazy thing about it is shout out to my boy greg thomas man because he he loved that gumbo and it's like every time i get a chance to talk to him he's like man i, I need that gumbo and i always say hey my aunt sent <laughs> cooking that gumbo always give him a shout out and you know they enjoy greg because greg enjoyed that gumbo but shout out to greg if he's looking man you know he loved that gumbo but you know to fast forward you know that day um august 23rd of 2003 came and you know it was that it was that time so when you know we all get to the venue and at that time making preparations man um got me a stretch hummer you know for transportation for the bridal party and the crazy thing i was in the hotel and i'm on the whole I'm, I'm in the hotel and i'm coming down and i ran into stacy um, Stacy, you'll remember this when I tell you this story. I ran into, into this into Stacy in the elevator, but at this particular time, I think Kanisha was getting gonna get on the elevator too. But you know, you're not supposed to see your bride the day of, right? Until she comes down. And I think Stacy started panicking. No, you, you better get off this elevator because Kanisha about to get on the elevator. So I think I had to go, I had to stop to another floor and get off at another floor. Stacy, if you're in here looking, confirm mm -hmm. that that's correct. But I think I had to stop the elevator, get off at another floor so I wouldn't run into Kanisha. But, you know, as we, we was getting ready, you know, we go to the um, to the wedding venue out there, um, Westside um, Baptist Church in Louisville. We get to the wedding, you know, and that's when I think everything started hitting me. Right. So I'm back in the uh, I'm back in the dressing room. I'm getting dressed. And I think that's when it really hit me. Like, man, I'm getting married. My sister had to help me button my shaking, Couldn't but do I, I had to help me button my my tie. Had to help me button my tie. I'm mean, not my. She had to help me button my collar to put. And I think my dad was getting my, you know, my my tie bow tie, you know, adjusted. But my sister, shout out to my sister Megan. She she had to get me right up there because you know she came in the dress. She helped her brother out, and I appreciate that. But once I got my nerves underneath me and got um. No, son, I wasn't nervous. I was just a little overwhelmed at the situation at that time. <laughs> you saw the video, but I had to get myself together. But my sister got me, you know, all together. So once I got myself together, 
And like I tell people, when you get married, man, it's the fact that you and your best man and the and the the pastor are the first people to go out there. So you got to wait for everything to take place. So I was like, man, I get out there. It was the wait was like, man, just waiting for Kanisha to come down to get this get this done and over with. That was that was my moment where like I'm like, hey, I got myself relaxed. You know, I I was calm then. So as that transpired, you know, everything gets set up. They walking down the aisle, watching everything take place. And I'm like, man, this is beautiful. And then when Kanisha came down the aisle, man, I was like, you know, looking beautiful as ever. I was like, wow, you know, it, it, it's that time, right? So when we, you know, we got it down and she came down the aisle and once everything, you know, transpired that way and we set our vows and I think, you know, I said my vows were confident, man. I said it loud and clear so there. everybody could hear. I didn't fumble over my words. You know, sometimes when you got to repeat after, you know, somebody, you might miss out a word. No, I was on point. And I just, I was looking into her eyes and I was just letting her know, hey, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? And I said everything that people could hear me, you know, in the crowd, you know what I'm saying? And it was a wonderful thing. So, you know, I don't know how she was feeling at that moment that she come down because, you know, I look at her mother was crying. My mom was crying. Everybody was, you know, teared up. I don't know how she was feeling. I'll let her explain that. Uh, yeah, I was I was nervous. Like looking back at the tape now, just and I'm going to say tape because it was a VHS. We need, VHS to, get we need to get it transferred yeah. immediately. But yeah. yeah, we still got it. I went on the VHS yeah. and I was coming down the aisle. I literally and if y'all don't know, I mean, the people that know me know I don't like attention. Like, I don't like a whole lot of attention, like focusing on me. So that was a little different uh, for me. So when, you know, when people, you know, stand up, they looking at the bride. So I'm like, oh, my God, all these people looking at me. I'm so nervous. I, I, let me just make it down this aisle. I can't remember what kind of shoes I had on. I was like, please don't let me fall. And uh, Corey was walking my brother. Shout out, Corey. Uh, he walked me down and I probably was shaking and everything else. So by the time I got down there, I looked at Kareem. Kareem, I, one of his eyes was like, your eye was like red or low Tired. or something. Got no sleep. And I was like, what is wrong with his eye? I'm thinking the whole time, like, is he nervous? His eye was shaking or is it low? I mean, I knew I was nervous, but I'm like, his eyes red. Yeah, I was uh, actually I, I wasn't after my nerves calmed down. I wasn't nervous, but I think I was tired from the whole weekend. And that night of the wedding, I stayed at my me and my brother, Jamie. I stayed at my um, I stayed at my apartment and he kept me up all night. I didn't know what socks I needed to wear because, <laughs> you know, I got married in all white. I didn't know what socks I needed to wear. And. Jamie's like, I was like, man, I need to go to Walmart. I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. So Walmart was right down the street from the park. I said, Jamie, I got to go to Walmart. I got to get some socks. So I finally got my white socks. I just think I was up all night for the anticipation. Then I had to make it out back out to the um, to the um, hotel to get to the wedding venue. But, you know, I, I don't know. My limo driver, everybody knows that was in the limo. Charles, he. We had a good time in that Who limo. Remember the limo driver name? Yeah, Charles was my, Charles was my limo man, and and we kicked it in the limo man, and we had a great time. And like I said, you know, I wasn't nervous, but the wedding took place, man. And I, I'm gonna show you guys a, a little clip of the wedding. So this is how it all unfolded on August 23rd of 2003.
So that that was just a little glimpse of you know that day. So for everybody that um was tuned in, I appreciate your time. But that that's the KSAP's love story. And I, I want to give y'all for the guys and girls and everybody that was tuned in and, and followed our story. Um, just gonna give you a chance. Um, we're gonna do a giveaway. Um, simply ball dropping is gonna give away a simply ball dropping drip hoodie, camo drip hoodie. Um, and Kanisha is gonna give away some earrings. Yeah, some earrings from yeah, Boho Sheet. Yep. So for people that, you know, are tuned in and you're not following us, um, make sure that you guys, you know, you can go to my website. I'll, I'll pin the website on the screen. Um, you can go to www.simplyballdropping.com for all your official Simply Ball Dropping merch. Also, my wife has her own online boutique. If you want to shop with her, I'll pin um, her um website on the screen so you guys you can go to www.bohochictx.com um so this is what we're going to do um for the people that um are looking and still on the thing here's the question to, to get your chance to win the simply ball dropping hoodie i mean custom hoodie and also the boho chic earrings the first five people that comment will put your name in a drawing and we'll pick the winner so here's the question it's a two-part question where did me and kanisha meet and how long have we been married so y'all can pin y'all's comments in the comment section so and also if you have any questions that you want to ask us feel free we'll um we'll be on for the next two or three minutes asking questions if you have any questions that you want to ask us go ahead and ask the questions but if you have the answers to the questions pin them in the comment section and we'll put your name in a drawing for a chance to win gotta add and you have to answer both you have to answer both questions turn that down so you have to answer both questions so guys you got any questions that you want to ask the ksaps and i appreciate everybody that tuned in and happy valentine's day and happy valentine's day on this cold Valentine's Day. You're right, Rob. We all got in trouble at Cop USA, man. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> but like I said, shout out to shout out to Rod Elder, man. You know, we've been holding it down, man. 20 plus years of friendship, man. Question for Kanisha. What do you like most about KSAP? Oh. Hmm. Let's see. The thing I like most about Kareem is that he is patient with me. Uh, he never 
I never have to worry about um, not being myself around him. Um, I can always, I've always from day one uh, been able to be myself. Um, he's patient, patient, and he doesn't judge. I guess that's two, two things, but uh, kind of wrapped up in one. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the, the most thing that I like. Jay, Jay Breezy the GOAT. What job was it? Okay, you can go first. So okay. Eric wants to know what is it that inspire that inspires us about each other. You know what inspires me about Kanisha? Um, what inspires me about Kanisha, man? She's really family oriented, right? Family is is key to her. And Kanisha, you know, she has she has a great heart, and like I said, she's real patient. And I never really seen what inspires me. She don't never get out of character, right? And you know in her drive and her determination when she wants to do something, you know, she goes and, and does it, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I support that, you know, she, she, she does a lot of things that I'm not going to say the, the normal person don't do, but when she sets forth a plan, she gets it popping. And, you know, that that's like my son always says, that's so inspirational. Mm -hmm. Like she stands by what she believes in and, and she goes for it. So, I think we inspire each other. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, with me having a podcast, having a platform, that's inspirational to her, too, because yeah. I can use my outlet, you know, and help her outlet as well. Bouncing, you know what I'm saying? Bounce ideas bounce. off of each other. Exactly. Literally, when when he feels like he's on a low end and I'm on a high, he feeds off of me and gets the high and vice versa. If I'm feeling down, he does something that motivates me. So we feed off of each other's energy. If we, you know, yeah. it, it, he's like, you know, oh, don't let that get to you. Don't let it get you down. Mm -hmm. or, you know, so I think we feed off of each other. Jay Breezy, um, your name will be entered in the drawing. And uh, I think uh, Megan answered both questions. Uh, Stacy, your name will be entered in the drawing. Megan, your name will be entered, introduced, I mean, <laughs> placed in the drawing. Sorry. <laughs> Um, got a question. What do y'all feel is key to a successful marriage? That's from Sheena. Appreciate you tuning in, Sheena. The key, I mean, while we've been married so long, you know, marriage, you go through ups and downs, right? When you first start off, you know, it, it's real, it's real adventurous. You know, the first two or three years, man, you're still on a high. Your high hasn't came down. You're married. But once you get over that five year, you know, hump and things start to progress, you get a lot of communication, man. And a lot of things that, you know, I don't say you got to set your pride aside and, and you got to you got to sometimes you got to set back and you got to really pay attention to what your significant other, you know, is saying. And it, it takes a lot of prayer. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people say you, you got to keep God first. You know what I'm saying? So once you do them things, the communication, keeping God first and you some you got to listen. You know, guys have a tendency of not listening all the time. And, you know, I, I used to be that way. But, you know, sometimes if you don't listen, you're going to miss something. And, you know, Kanisha says a lot of things that 
Like she always tell me, I, I got a great memory. So I, I remember a lot of things that Kanisha says. And I um I stick to that because I say that to say this because when she says things, sometimes I'll circle back and be like, I wonder what she meant by that. And then you gotta you gotta look at yourself and be like, you know how people sometimes I'm not gonna say reaching out for help, but they say things that they want you to understand. This is if you do this, then it's gonna be okay. So you know, you live and you learn, but you got to listen. And I listen to Kanisha all the time. So it, it's kind of crazy. So I listen to her a lot. But the keys to success, man, is that community open lines of communication. Sometimes you got to be vulnerable to that communication, man. Sometimes the communication might not be what you want to hear, but that it goes a long way. But if you just communicate and like I say, Pray about a lot of things. Communication, I, I'm going to dip in. I say communication as well on that and, and keeping the right people in your corner. You know, it, it all it's it all boils down to the people that are in your corner. And, uh, you know, if because if you if you got people that, are, you know, negativity in your corner is just not going to happen. So I feel like uh, communication throughout the years and learning how to communicate because people always say communication, but how to communicate because we had to learn each other you know i didn't we didn't always like each other yeah. like i didn't always like kareem like literally like some of the things that he did but i had to learn seriously i had to learn how to like our communication skills had to grow they had to grow and i had to learn how to communicate effectively you know to be able to 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 move on so yeah all right, Eric, your name will be entered in the drawing. Uh, one more. Um, got a question. The naked truth. What are two things that get under your skin about one another, but you don't share? I don't share this to people, but I share this with Kanisha all the time. This is what gets under my skin about Kanisha. I don't, she, it's a bad habit and it gets under my skin. Is her tissue paper. <laughs> I mean, like, Hey, my eyes and stuff be Man, she, had, she grabs tissue paper. I don't know what she does with like wipe her eyes. She yeah. might blow her nose and stuff, but she'll leave that stuff like on the floor or on the couch. Or even when I get in the bed, it's right there. And I got to like, you know, mush it to the, like, get this stuff off of here. You know what I'm saying? And, and another thing, naked truth, Kanisha thinks she's always right. And, you know, I don't share that a lot, but we get into when I'm it. Right, I'm right. No, we get into it because when I'm right, if I know I'm right, I'm gonna stand on it. But if I'm wrong, I'll bow down. I'm like, you right. Everybody but, no Kareem out there. Y'all better chime in. Yeah, y'all know, know that ain't right. Because if I'm know right, think they right all the time. Because if I'm because majority of the time I'm right. But you know, um, <laughs> and you know, Kanisha don't do no wrong. She think everything that she do it, it's it's okay. It's okay. As long as Kanisha doing it, it's okay. Mine uh, is the first thing that comes to my mind is, is, is clutter. Clutter, 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 clutter. Kareem is a pet rat. When I tell you he don't want to throw nothing away, like he keep everything. He got a whole closet full of tennis shoes that he had from 1995 or 1997. Like, what are you going to do with those? You ain't never going to wear them no more. Why are we keeping these? So that, because I don't like clutter. 
No, she uh, don't, man. Uh, Kanisha man, is one of them. Oh God, I'm steady. Why? I'm steady cleaning she clean, up. She cleans up every day. I'm steady cleaning up his 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 dresser or his side of the 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 bathroom sink. Misplacing so, my stuff, and I'll be like, okay, I know where my stuff is at, and then she'll go move stuff. I right, Kanisha, where you put my? I don't know. It was open. Well, Kanisha, you clean my dresser off. Where you put it at? So yeah. <laughs> yes, and then the other thing would probably be. Uh, uh, get under my skin. Probably when he gets too loud yeah, at times. She don't like that. I don't like it. I mean, I know he is boisterous. It's loud then, in a fun way. Everybody it, knows that. I know, but sometimes it just goes a little over, and I'm like, can we bring? Can we? Can mm -hmm. we bring it down just a little bit? Like I don't, you know. So those are the two things that I would say, Eric, on the naked truth. Yeah, but the thing about it is, I thought she was going to say. Like when I go in the bathroom and cut my hair and shave. Oh, I, it's a lot of other I, stuff. I but yeah, the, the hey, hair. Yeah, he didn't add. He said two things. You, <laughs> you only get two things. You, you only get two things. Can I keep going? Nah, you only, you only get two. <laughs> you only get two. And it's crazy. But the one thing I love, one thing I love about my wife, man, and a lot of people they, they probably already know. Kanisha is yes, a, Rod doing sports. Yes. Yes. And Domino's. Yeah. See, Rod, y'all y'all know where I'm coming from. All right, let Leslie, um, Leslie, your name will be um entered in the drawing. Um, yes, I um one thing that everybody knows about Kanisha. Kanisha is a she's a she's a cleany person. When I say a cleany person, Kanisha likes to, she's very particular on, you know, things that she wants to clean up. Kanisha wipe stuff will be wiped down, but Kanisha, like, I'll clean up here and there. But then the crazy thing is, like, if Kanisha's out out the house and I do a little cleanup, Kanisha come in and clean up right behind me. Like, it's not clean to the way she wanted. She wipes stuff down. But you Shout know, out the, to Janet yeah, I was gonna say she that. Did I mean, that to me. you know, the fruit don't fall fall far <laughs> from the tree because every I time help myself. every time moms come over here, Kanisha do a deep cleaning in the house, and every time moms come over here, she'll get the broom, start sweeping, start wiping stuff down. Get the Windex and start wiping the mirrors down. If y'all see in the backdrop, my mother-in-law made these um, mirrors back here, and we got some downstairs as well. But she'll clean every. She'll come up and clean up every room. Like, and one thing moms do, or she can make up a bed. She'll make up a bed the to best, where the best bed. Yeah, maker. she'll make up a bed to life. where it's like, wow, she got that thing tight. So you know, when I go, yeah. Yeah, Sheena, that tissue is funny because now that I'm looking out into the room, I see a tissue laying. And Kanisha had that tissue before we started. I see a tissue laying over there. <laughs> it, 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 see, that's that's what I'm talking about. That tissue, boy, it's crazy. But you know, I mean, we just, we, I mean, we didn't had a long ride, man. We didn't had we didn't had our ups and downs in the marriages. But you know, as time progressed, we have a lot of fun too. You know, and Kanisha knows me well enough. You know, I don't mean no harm when she's talking about being loud and boisterous. I just, you know, it's a lot of things that I get off into. He's you know? very passionate. I get, I'm passionate oh. about some things that I do. Like Ride, he commented about the sports and dominoes and stuff like that. But that's what we do, man. It's all in fun. I mean, I don't mean no harm by it. That's just me. And Kanisha did always say that I had one of them voices that would like scare people because I, look, when my daughter was growing up and I used to yell at her, her mother's like, why are you yelling at her like that? I'm not yelling at her. That's just my voice. I used to scare my daughter. She used to back up and be like, mm. and when Makai was little, he did the same thing. Like, I, I, 
As soon as I opened my voice, Makai would start crying like, son, man, I'm, I'm not yelling at you. That's just the deep, my deep voice. But like I said, I, I mean no harm, man. But yeah, we got we got five people um, that have answered the question correctly. I think it was um, Sheena answered the question correct, correctly. Eric, Megan, Stacy, and um, Leslie. So y'all's names will be um, put in the drawing, and we'll go ahead and do that. But we I'm gonna take a little pause break, um, and I'm gonna do the drawing right now. Um, just bear with me, Makai. Come here real quick. And we're gonna do the we're gonna do the drawing live and then we're gonna wrap it up. Hurry up, son. Y'all hear me talking to my son? He probably think I'm yelling at him. Makai gets irritated when somebody calls his name. Yeah, so if y'all have any more questions, man, we'll we'll answer the questions. Um, if your love story was aired on Lifetime, who would portray you guys? <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. Go, go downstairs good. and get me a, oh, a man. give me a pen and piece of paper real Ooh, quick. Ooh, I haven't thought about that. Ooh. That's a good one. Who would portray? Who could who could portray us? Oh, ah. I don't know. That that's that's Eric, that's a hard that I had to think you, yeah, you know, I don't get I don't though. get stunned on a lot of things, man. But um I'm trying to think of who perfect, Vaughn. That is perfect. No. I think Shamar Moore <laughs> and Shamar Regina Moore. King? No, Shamar Moore. Is, Walona's not still alive, is she? No. No, she Walona. Well, no, Walona. No, you, talking, you, you mean um, the other one that um, uh, the like the girl that you think of? Sonar Lathan. Sonar Lathan. I, I I would say either Shamar Moore and um, Sonar Lathan or Vaughn. I, I I agree with you. Shamar Moore and Regina King. That would be a good one. You're saying that because of this right here? <laughs> You're saying that because yeah. of that right there? But yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, that's a good one. So I post that up there so people will see. But we're going to do that. We're going to do that live drawing as soon as my son comes back up here with the, the piece of paper. And, and we'll do the drawing. Yeah. Any, any more questions before we wrap it up and do this live drawing? Megan had a question and I, I think I skipped over it. Good. Three facts about each other. Three facts about each other. Um, three facts. Kanisha got the best cooking in the world. Um, Kanisha is very emotional. Oh, uh, uh, and, and her son piggybacked on that and said very. Um, write the names down. And just up there and I'll cut them up. And another fact, um, another fact, three facts. Oh, Kanisha got the she got the she got the kindest heart in the world, man. I mean, she means well. And a lot of people, I think they, you know, you know, sometimes you take your kindness for weakness. I think, and and that's the three facts I got about Kanisha. Uh, my three facts are: uh, Kareem takes a lot of naps. He gets his sleep in. He's not gonna get older. His, he get his beauty sleep. Uh, he loves peanut butter and jelly, and he still eats cereal every night. And drink my tea. Yes, and hot tea. There you go. And it's I don't know how many people it was. It's just right Eric, Megan, Leslie, Stacy, and Sheena. 
All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut this up. She's gonna tear it out, and then we're gonna do a do the drawing. We're gonna do that real quick, and then we're gonna wrap it up. We don't want to hold you. We got to eat. So shout out, yeah, those lemon pepper wings can't be beat. Period. Sheena, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, um, I'll post that up there. Yeah. So, um, Brandon and Sheena, man, what what's on what's on tap? What's what's the meal for the night? Our meal buddies. Our these are our meal buddies. We gotta so eat. we got to eat. So what what's on tap? All right, y'all, we got it. Folding them up. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, we gonna fold these up. Should have let Makai pick. Makai, come here. All right, we're gonna let our son pick the name, pick the winner of the contest, and then once we get the winner of the contest, y'all just um, send us a message of your address, and for the hoodie, just send me what size you need. All right, we're gonna do this live on camera. I don't want yeah, it's just, it's just look, five of y'all. Makeshift. Sure. Okay, give me that that thing right there. No, that right the there. Thing. The tall thing. The glass. Tall thing. Yeah. All right. Let me see that. Oh, let me yes, make sure. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna do it right here. We're just gonna take that out. No, nah, just I'm just gonna put it in there. Just go in there and reach in here and get the paper. All right, here it is. We're shaking it up. Uh the sun coming on camera, he representing that SBD. On Valentine's Day, he got the red. So here we go. Yams and pork chops. All right. All right, just pick, a, um, pick, pick, go in there and pick the paper. One of the papers in there. So, yeah. yeah. Just fill for the paper. Uh, That's That's oh, okay. Logging on, JD. Oh, okay. All right, now open it up. Let me see. Okay, I picked it. Just one, one person, person. One person get both. Well, you would, would, yeah, well, yeah, one person get both. Let me see. Stacy. Ah. Stacy. Oh, you. No, Stacy, you are the winner. <laughs> so you're the winner of the hoodie and the um, boho chic earrings. Woo so just go My ahead. And, go ahead and text Kanisha with um Bye. your size of the hoodie, and um we'll get Bye. that out to you. So, guys, I do want to appreciate you guys for tuning in. Like always, man, keep supporting us. Um, we'll be back, you know, next weekend um, with um, another great episode of The Marriage Chronicles. But here you have it, man, the KSAP's love story. Everybody been eager to hear it. So there it is. And for those that didn't get a chance to look at the live show, I will upload the audio on Wednesday on all my streaming platforms. So if you want to put it in your archives and you want a good love story to listen to, you can go back and listen to it. So once again, man, I appreciate you guys' time. And that's going to wrap up another episode of the Simply Ball Dropping Marriage Chronicles live with the KSAPs. And I hope everybody is enjoying their Valentine's Day. Salute to all you guys. And we love you. Thanks for listening to the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share on all major platforms.